Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 183 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Ray. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. I'm excited to talk about WandaVision today. I... I just don't know what direction to go with it, but we'll get to that later. Uh, what have you been up to, my friend? I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, we, I feel like we have entered this really odd point in the pandemic, in this ongoing pandemic, where um, people are starting to sort of cycle back to the beginning. <laughs> I mean, quite literally, because we're only a couple months away from when this all started, right, for us. Right. Um. But I definitely feel like I am back in the early uh, pandemic mode of sort of like a lot of nesting in my home Mm -hmm. and just sort of like my brain doesn't want to work and I'm just trying to keep my body busy, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so the geek, so it's same thing. Like I'm, I'm building stuff for my apartment. I'm moving stuff around. I'm sort of like recalibrating my environment because we're spending so much damn time in our homes right it's so funny you say that because just the other day matt matt got a new monitor um he got a new computer but he got a new monitor so his setup has changed in our office Mm. and i'm like i don't like this setup and i don't like where my computers are and i've got to figure out a way to make this work and i'm like like, why did I all of a sudden get this bee up my butt that I need to <laughs> fix my desktop? And because I want it fixed, but I don't want to take the time to do all the cord stuff. Yep. So, um, yep. no, you're absolutely right. That's got to be what it is. Where it's, it's like, come on. And it's you, just like you described. It's like it's it's been fine for however long it's been that way. And all of a sudden you notice it and you're just like, oh, that needs to get adjusted or that needs to get fixed. <laughs> So that's what I've been feeling. I mean, a, a lot of little tweaks to my living working space that has taken, you know, the the comfort level from a, you know, nine out of ten to a nine point three out of ten. You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just really incremental stuff. And so, you know, while I'm doing that, and I've, I've got the tools out, and I'm maybe gardening. I'm you know adding plants to my space. I'm adding shelves here and there. Um, doesn't really make for like sitting down consuming media type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really been watching things. I think I'm also a little bit, uh, burned out on superheroes after, uh, the DC kind of redux. (laughs) (laughs) I really think that wonder woman 84 just sort of put a cap on that for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to how WandaVision isn't really falling into that superhero, you know, genre yet. So Right, right. Um, I've been listening to podcasts. I found another podcast that I really like. Uh, I can't believe um, the name is escaping me now because I didn't write it down. But um, it's a it's a horror podcast. And oh, nice. yeah, there's, you know, the thing about horror podcast is that it took me years to find something that I liked because I love horror movies and I love being scared and I love just, you know, scaring the shit out of myself. So um, when I was looking for, for years, I, I, I was looking for a horror podcast that would do that, that would actually scare me. 
And most of the stuff that I came across, it was all kind of like jokey or or didn't really it it wasn't I wanted the feeling of sitting around a campfire telling horror stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And um I just it I couldn't find it. And then somebody recommended lore to me. My friend Ileana recommended lore. And I it, instantly I was like, this is what I've been looking for <laughs> for so yeah. long. And so um, I don't know why I've been Googling. I should just look on my phone because that's how this is my podcast. Like, it'll be right there. Um, but I, I've just been basically being scared <laughs> <laughs> while I'm working on stuff in my house. Oh, the podcast is called Spooked. Okay, I need to look that up because and, I am yeah. a, I I'm in that mode. Okay. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Lore has is has been good. Uh I really liked Lore and I listened to like a bunch of episodes like right when I discovered it. Spooked um I really dig because it feels to me like there's more representation okay. in, on Spooked. It it feels like it's speaking to a more diverse audience. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. I'm, and you know, as a person of color, uh, I usually am consuming media that is more or less created or directed for, you know, a white audience. Mm-hmm. Does, doesn't mean that it can't, it's not still enjoyable, but there's a tiny little hurdle to kind of like, you know, okay, like now I can connect with this or whatnot. Um, so it's just nice when it feels like something is made like from from the jump for a more diverse audience. Yeah, uh, I, it's, you know? it's so funny because we've talked about this on the show before, and, and representation. Like, I don't even think we realize how much of an impact we make it makes until we we see a snippet of it. Yep, and then then you realize, oh God, it, it's so nice. Like you yes. know, <laughs> you 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 having a reaction to to. Um, Oscar Isaac's character in the Star Wars films, and yeah, and uh, me finding that they're you know Blizzard is making a lot of the characters in Overwatch um, LGBTQ plus, and so it just like yep. we have these emotional reactions to it. We don't, <laughs> don't even realize that we're, Dude, we're totally craving that so much. Yes, that is so true. Exactly, it's a reaction that that quite frankly it does surprise me at times. Um, so yeah, so this is really nice. I'm I'm looking for a show description to read, but it, it doesn't look like the Apple Podcast app has descriptions like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really good. It's hosted by uh, Glenn Glenn Washington, and it's called Spooked. It is uh, by Snap Judgment. Uh, it's a New York based podcast, but they get people to come on and tell stories of you know spooky shit that has happened to them. And the first episode that I listened to really scared the crap out of me. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, once that happens, I, I feel like I'm such a tough audience mm-hmm. that once you scare me, I'm like, yes, I am in. Like, I, you know, you you've earned my my fandom. <laughs> <laughs> the description um, I'm seeing is spooked features true life supernatural stories told firsthand and by people who can barely believe it happened themselves. Be afraid created in the dark of night by snap judgment and WNYC studios. 
There you go. And the first episode that I listened to was a story being told by uh, Brittany Howard, who is the lead singer of the band Alabama Shakes. Okay. And it is scary as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, highly recommended. That's what I've been geeking out on uh, since the last time we spoke, listening to this scary podcast and just making stuff for my house. That's awesome. Um, It's so funny that you're looking at spooky stuff because I have been looking at spooky stuff too. (laughs) Actually, um, not the same kind. I I think it's been – pretty well known that now that we've got um as the dice roll up and running i'm i'm trying to get my actual play up and and put it into the as the dice roll rotation and it is meant to be a light horror yes um, game and i'm trying to get i'm trying to pull in real real stories it's very conspiracy based so i'm trying to find all these different like cryptids and different things and i did not realize how much of a culture is built around the mojave desert paranormal experience what like between ufos and desert bigfoot and all sorts of different creepy happenings out in the the wilderness like there is all like there's a a magazine that i'm this little like reader's digest kind of thing that's put out on small press called the desert oracle and uh for christmas my husband knowing that i was looking into all this stuff got me like their compilation of issues one through eight. Ooh, that's cool and it's just this tiny little small press thing of little stories and different experiences and people write in and talk about their experiences. And then I realized they have a podcast and it's this whole thing out of Joshua tree that talks about this culture that's bet- spread out between like there's UFO people and there's people who go hunting for like desert Bigfoot and it's it's huge. Like there's a lot of people that are into this stuff. <laughs> and so, and then, I mean, when you think about it, if you've ever been driving around in the desert, it, it can be a little intimidating because if something happens to your car, that's it, you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're done. Um, and so it, it makes sense to have all of these kind of crazy, disturbing um, happenings or, or stories that come out of there. And then add on top of that, native american folklore yeah and it it's it's nuts so there's all sorts of crazy stuff in this and it's so it's funny that you're looking into spooky stuff because i've been you know reading these little stories and listening to these little podcasts about people talking about oh yeah and then you know this thing kind of started like tapping around our house and it was very creepy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome uh, I had no idea. Now I'm now I have a bunch of tabs open on spooky shit in the Mojave Desert. I'm excited to read later. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's a there's a um, a YouTube channel called Mojave Mysteries that covers a lot of it, and a lot of it's historical. And um, and did I tell you? Uh, did I talk about it on this podcast? What I did going out into the desert? I don't think so. So Matt and I have been going stir crazy, especially Matt, because he's all about going out into nature and getting out of the house. And so the quarantine has not been, it's not been fun for him. And so because I'm putting together this, this 
game, I was like, well, it'd be really cool to go out and see the place that I'm setting the story. And have you heard of the movie The Baghdad Cafe? No. Okay. So there is a little city. Have you ever taken the back road to to Las Vegas? Um, no. <laughs> I've only <laughs> been to Las Vegas twice in my life. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I know of a post-quarantine trip we need to take. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Um, but if, okay, so if you, it, usually you wouldn't go unless you were coming from where I am in, in Palm Springs, but there's like this back way through Joshua tree to go up to, um, Las Vegas and you get to this little town called Amboy population five, not, not, not what? exaggerating. Like literally their population is five and it's just a little red rest stop and a, um, gas station. Like that's it. It used to be a train station. So there's like a little museum and stuff there, but it like, the family that lives there is the population of this town. If you go to the right, you start heading towards Vegas. If you go to the left, you start heading towards Barstow. And you're basically on the old Route 66. And all the towns on this highway are not there anymore. They're gone. And so I was looking at what's going on in these different places. And there's a place called Baghdad, California, spelled like the you know, Baghdad out in the Middle East, but without the H. And uh, and all that's left is this tree. There's just a tree with a little sign that says, this is all that's left of the city of Baghdad. Please don't disrupt the tree. But that's not true. If you hike about 10 minutes into the desert north and you cross over the train tracks, there's a cemetery out there. Just out in the middle of the desert where nobody would ever know that there was a cemetery. And there's about like 17 graves and they've been there for over 100 years. Cool. Yes, it's very cool. <laughs> so, um, so you know, we went out and we, we, we explored. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to just go out and they also have Amboy Crater out there, which is like an, a volcanic like hole that popped up millions of years ago. So, there's this big little volcano head in the middle of the desert it's a crazy crazy place so that was one of the things we did a couple weeks ago that's really cool yeah i love that shit <laughs> <laughs> well again once once quarantine is over we're gonna be i think doing a little bit more of that because we had such a good time and apparently like i said now that i'm looking into all this desert stuff there's little places like that all over the place that nobody knows about because it's the desert and nobody goes there yeah there's a um so I used to take this annual camping trip up to Northern California mm -hmm. and, you know, we would, we would find, um, these, these, um, sort of isolated, um, watering holes, like natural swimming holes, uh, that you had to hike to. And so we would go to, you know, we would visit one or two different ones every day. So we would like drive our way through Sequoia national forest up near Yosemite mm -hmm. and, um, where we end up is at this uh, glamping spot, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's camping, but not really. Um, and and it's cool. It has a bunch of an, uh, amenities and stuff. And by the end of the week, I mean honestly, like you want to glamp, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but this this campgrounds is built around this really really old Chinese cemetery. Oh wow. And it's right next to a decommissioned railroad. 
So you know, if you know the history of how railroads were built in the United States, why there's a Chinese cemetery there. That's nuts. Yeah, that's what they think the the grave. They don't know who earned those graves out in uh, Baghdad, but they think it was uh, Chinese rail workers. Yes, and so uh, the the camp the, the the campgrounds is right up against the the railroad. Like the railroad is is on the back of it, and it's kind of like you know you go down a little a little ways and you see the railroad right there, and it's decommissioned. And then the campground, you know, it's like in a donut. And in the very center is the the Chinese cemetery. And uh, it's just a really interesting place to be in. (laughs) Because they have like a rec room and they have a pool and they have an indoor kitchen. They have outdoor cooking facilities. They have showers. Like it's all, you know, uh, really, really uh, swanky kind of. But then you have this like untouched old cemetery. And I've spoken to the owner because I've been out there a number of years. And they're like, yeah, you know, like we, you know, we basically have as a, as a town chosen to like, you know, leave that untouched, you know. Um, and uh, where, where we used to like to get our camping spot because you can there's different lots that you can choose. Mm-hmm. And you can choose like one of the fancy tents or you can just choose a lot where you put up your own tent. Right. Right. And so that's what we do. And the one we pick is the one closest to the railroad. So like literally like right outside our tent is this old railroad. And uh, I've taken pictures and I've taken video and I was out there and posted and people were like, where the fuck are you? Like, what <laughs> is that? That looks so creepy. And it just adds to the whole experience for me. So yeah, this is like, this is all good stuff. I, I'm excited to research what you've been talking about. So, so you and I need to, because we've talked about this with, we've got um, our friends, uh, Jeff and Gene are big, like, they like, they love Halloween. They love that. Mm-hmm. That's their aesthetic is just kind of spooky stuff. And so we've talked about, and maybe we'll have to get you in on it, taking a California road trip from uh, starting out in, um, oh, what's the name of the place in San Diego? Coronado. Starting out in Coronado. Yeah. And like bunking in that uh, the haunted hotel room, and then just doing a haunted tour of California up the coast because there's so many different places that are supposed to be haunted. Oh, that would be great! Like, like we've all been like, okay, that would be. And Matt's like, sure, I'll go. But the rest of us, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's funny. I, I, when I my first couple years as an admissions counselor for Alcad. San Diego was my territory and I used to visit Coronado because there's a really great arts high school uh, on, on that. It, Coronado is the island, right? Or the peninsula right. or whatever. Uh, I didn't know there was a, a haunted history there. Oh, yeah. The, ho- t- the hotel, there's a hotel room in the Coronado Hotel, that really beautiful, fancy hotel that's mm-hmm. supposed to be really haunted. Like wow. somebody always has visits talking about the different experiences they've had there. Wow, that's so cool. I did not know that. We we got plans, Ray. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> we got things to do. Hell yeah. We just gotta get over this this uh this pandemic. Although I'm getting yeah. I'm getting my shots this my first uh vaccine on Wednesday. Oh great. Is this um is this like because you're an educator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Riverside County, we're tier one A, I think, is what they call us. So nice, uh, we're allowed to start getting that stuff taken care of, which is it's about time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, really, we're um, 
we're talking about that at work as well because you know we all work for a college and so we're hoping that by um by february by the end of february we'll we'll have access to the vaccines yeah yeah well cool um should we should we jump over to our break and then come back and talk about some wandavision let's do it i'm excited because i have no idea what to expect from from you like in your your, your all right all right when toxic culture has you down when you're just looking to laugh and have fun kick back and enjoy watching a video game or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back. And yeah, WandaVision. <laughs> spoilers spoilers for the first three episodes of WandaVision? Yes, we're doing the first three episodes of WandaVision and we will be talking spoilers. Cool. Um, Joe, I'm fascinated to hear what you got to say because you are a huge fan of the Scarlet Witch. I am. I am. And I, I find the whole thing charming except for the fact that I watched the first two episodes with my husband who was over it about halfway through the first episode. <laughs> okay. Matt and I are one on this. <laughs> yes. And I, apparently a lot of people are because the next morning we were recording um, uh, one of our cop- cautious optimism episodes for mm. as the dice roll. And everybody was like, it's too slow. It needs to keep, it needs to start moving. It just needs to start moving. And I I kind of agree with them. I think what helped me enjoy it more was after all of that, I went and looked at all the Easter eggs that are in it. And it Mm. does feel like there's more to the episodes than is on the surface. But you have to really be geeking out about it to to pick up on that stuff. Right. Exactly. Um, It... (sighs) I'm sure there are things that are being referenced that I'm not picking up on, mm-hmm. but um, it also at the same time feels like this is the thing I, I don't like about television. <laughs> this is why I'm not a big fan of television and why I prefer film or movies mm-hmm. is because a lot of television um, tends to have a, a story that they could tell in four episodes and they spread it out into an entire season of 12 episodes. Yeah. And it just moves too slow. And that's what I'm feeling from this show so far. Well, and we, we were talking about how there there's either seven or nine episodes in this. And we felt like the first two were kind of wasted. It's like, well, what are you going to do with the, like, how are you going to get to something epic by episode nine? If you're not, like you need to pick up the pace. It needs to go to from zero to 60, like quick. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I've seen a lot of different 
reaction online. People are loving it. So it's really interesting to me that you had that feedback the, the next day from your Yeah, I like like to a person everybody was like it's it's slow, it needs to pick up. We get the shtick. The shtick needed to be over halfway through episode 1. Um and I think like I enjoyed episode three more than I enjoyed episode two. I enjoyed episode two more than I ep- enjoyed episode one. So I do think that it's picking up. Mm. It just, it just, it's just too slow for a lot of people. And I think we were all hoping for, we're hoping for Marvel and we're getting, I love Lucy. And that's a very jarring for people. Exactly. That was, that was exactly the point that I was, uh, that I was going to be making on this, in this review is that, just talking about what Marvel is and and the MCU, when you sign up for the MCU experience, so far, what that has been is a is a neo action genre mm-hmm. with with big superhero archetypes that they're working with. Right. And and you may get, you know, by by phase three. We were getting that main thing, but with a couple drops of another genre, just a dash of another genre thrown in there, mm-hmm. right? And but that's but that's basically the you know that basically the MCU is is action, right? And so you know it, it would drive me nuts when people call Winter Soldier a you know political seventies political thriller. It's like no, it isn't. Like it, yeah, it really it's, isn't. It, you know it gives a lit just a, like a dash of it, but it's it's an action movie. Like if you if if you sit down and watch those seventies political thrillers, which I love, it is is not the MCU. Um, <laughs> this now though, this feels like. They are, and and they've t- t- talked about this a lot. So it's not, you know, it shouldn't be surprising that they are looking to expand the the storytelling and and just basically the genres that the MCU the MCU can actually do. Um. So what that tells me, as as a fan of the MCU up to this point, is while I have been like ravenously like just consuming everything that comes out because I know what to expect. It's in this genre that is, you know, very popular, right? Action movies have always been popular. Um, Now it might, it might become that I'm going to not consume everything that Marvel puts out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like maybe just kind of pick up on the, on the abbreviated version of it. Or like, if you miss this, this is, you know, what you need to know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, this doesn't feel like the MCU. It it, it feels like who was it? it? One of my one of my buddies, you know, uh, Christian and Jason, and we're always talking about this stuff together. And I even told him I'm going to talk. I'm going to mention this on the podcast tomorrow with Joe. Um, I said it's not even genre because uh, Christian said, uh, it, it's cool to see them doing like this genre play. And, and Jason agreed. And I said, it's not even genre play. It's just fucking genre at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not an MCU version of I love Lucy. It's just, I love Lucy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're almost a little too spot on with yes. what they're doing. Yes. And, and so I, the thing that is interesting to me is that they do have this dark undertone and, and I'm, I believe in Marvel enough that I think at the end of this, we're going to look back at what they did and go, okay, that was brilliant. Right. 
Right. Um, yeah, at the end of the first episode, I thought, wow, that was really bold of them to commit to that approach for an entire first episode. Right. And then at the end of the second episode, I was like, what? <laughs> and what I, what I kept seeing was reviewers say, oh, my God, the third episode is going to blow your mind. Like, if if you are not hooked by the third episode or, like, just wait to the third episode, like, just – changes everything and so i was like all right you know we're gonna be in color it's and then the third episode happened and i'm like fucking hey like i'm just gonna start watching the last two minutes of every episode because that's right. all i really give a shit about is the right. last two minutes uh but but to to your point about you know by the end of it you know it's gonna be mind-blowing of course i'm on you know i'm on twitter uh reading all of this stuff and um there's a ton of great theories, a ton of great things being pointed out that, you know, I hadn't noticed, but somebody on Twitter, um, did say, uh, and, I, and I'm going to look for the exact post right now. Cause I have it bookmarked, but they were like, um, in order for us to feel the full brunt of what's going to be happening by episode nine, we need to go through, Oh, this is a Carlos vision on on twitter uh said reminder that wandavision wouldn't have the effect it will have by the end if the show started with the with full action the slow burning will scale into an event that will shatter the multiverse we need to understand wanda's feelings in order to admire the great disaster that's coming yeah and that's that's what i i think and i i said to to my my gaming group i said I, I think at the end of this, we're going to go, oh, my God, I totally see where they're going with this. And, yeah, we totally would have had a different impact. But having to live through it is not pleasant not knowing where you're going to end. <laughs> well, just because you're like, is it going to is it gonna get less like this? And the, the more it gets not like this, the – I mean, the more you expect it to be action-y and action to start picking up and it doesn't it, you start getting that dread of is this really all we're going to have for nine episodes and right. we all i think know that that's probably not what's going to happen and 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 to his point it yes they're doing the slow build for a purpose but when you know you've got nine episodes and you're thinking okay nine episodes is not a lot to get my full marvel action fix on right um i think i think we're all just kind of like chomping at the bit for that action. And I think in fairness, if they had released everything the way they wanted to release everything, we wouldn't have been as desperate for Marvel material as we are right now. Oh, you mean because of the, the uh, movie rescheduling because of the pandemic? Right. Oh, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. That's a good point. This doesn't even feel like I'm getting MCU though yet. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like it wouldn't be like right now. We're we've we have been void of Marvel new Marvel content for what a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was supposed to be about a year, and then we were going to get Black Widow, and then we were going to start in with the Disney Plus stuff. Do and you, it go ahead. Well, it would have been a, a, a we would have been less desperate for Marvel material, and so something that wasn't so inherently not Marvel wouldn't yeah. have been so off-putting. Yeah. My buddy Christian brought up something last night. He said that it, people would be having a different experience with this if they had just 
up posted the entire season at once. Yes, absolutely. Because it seems like it pointed out, he pointed out that it seems like this is the kind of slow burn that is built for a binge watch. Yes. And instead they're doing it week to week and it's driving people nuts. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and you're, you're grasping onto absolutely anything you can take. That's going to be the mystery that you're assuming you're supposed to be trying to solve. They're just not giving you enough clues. So, okay. I have a, so you feel like it's frustrating because you don't know what's going to happen next. Is that because I, I I feel I feel the opposite. I feel like I'm frustrated because it's like we already know that this is a fake thing that was constructed by Wanda. Like that's supposed to be the great reveal at the end of episode three. Like, really? Like, to me, that feels like we we know that already. Like, let's move on. Like, who doesn't get who's really shocked? By but that is it a place that's been like, yes, I do think that she is the one who's created this reality. But what caused her to do that and who are all these other people that are stuck in there with her um well it's sword right right but i don't think they're all sword okay like there might be some yeah i was thinking i mean there might be some people that are trying to save her from sword there might be people that are trying to you know uh uh keep her under a certain control like, I feel like some people are in there to sort of like keep her placated, to keep her there and to help. See, I, I, I think it's the other way around. I think sword, I don't think sword is the one that's pulling the strings. I think sword is the one who's trying. I think she's put a bubble over this tiny little town mm -hmm. and they're trying to like get her out of there and, and undo it because she's got people trapped in there with her mm. and, and, they're trying to rescue her too, because they think somebody's doing something to her that's causing her to do this. And I, I think that's what that's that's why everybody's a little bit weary of uh, Monica because she's an outsider. She's an outsider. She's and she's a sword agent. And I think that little right. pendant is supposed to be like a grounding thing that helps right. her not get sucked into the whole right, right reality of it all. But nobody's making Wanda do this. I think it's Wanda just doing it. But I don't think it was just like Wanda just had a random psychotic break and created this reality or consciously chose to. I think somebody pushed her. I think so, this is where we're going to get the Mephisto angle in there that yeah. that some that some other entity has kind of manipulated her to do this because they want to create the the babies. Okay, so I came across some uh, alleged, alleged uh, concept art on Twitter uh, from Age of Ultron, where there was supposed to be again. This is allegedly <laughs> there was supposed to be a post-credit scene at Age of Ultron. I'm mean, not Age of Ultron. Sorry, a post-credit scene uh, at Endgame that shows Wanda taking Vision's body. Like, like taking, uh, uh, removing Vision's lifeless body from the scene. And so that's people saying, you know, she's, she, this is actually Vision. She's reanimated Vision. It's not, he's not created from nothing. And the way that she kind of reversed the chicken back into an egg 
She's mm-hmm. reversed vision back into being alive. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, there, there's been some theories that they might use this to bring back Quicksilver. Right, right. And then I saw, I also saw another theory that uh, in, in the early story planning stages of Endgame, when uh, Hawkeye is testing out the time travel, the quantum realm time travel you know, abilities, instead of going back to see his family, he was going to go back to try to save Pietro. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so there's, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff out there. Um, and I actually saw a quote from the showrunner, the WandaVision showrunner, uh, Jack Schaefer. I think it's pronounced Jack. It's J-A-C. But she says, and I love, I fucking love this because I feel like showrunners are starting to learn from mistakes like Game of Thrones. Uh Um, the showrunners commented on the accuracy of fan theories. She, she said uh, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, uh, it's been so fun mostly just because it's all, everything is just indicative of fan engagement and that's all you really want ever is for people to care and be interested. Uh, she also commented on how amazing the fan theories have been, even teasing that many of the ideas created by fans are accurate. The theorizing is amazing, she said. The fans are so smart and so dedicated and they come up with such you know amazing notions. A lot of it is accurate. A lot of it is not. There's a lot that's very amusing. There are very few things here and there that I'm like, oh, I didn't mean that, but that's really smart. I'm just going to go ahead and be like, I meant that. And with the writers, <laughs> with the writers, we do a lot of sending of the memes and the tweets to each other for our own internal enjoyment. And that's been a lot of fun. So that's great because she's owning up to the fact that like, yeah, the fans figure out a bunch of this shit, which is fine. I think that like Game of Thrones is an example. They were so like aware of the fans trying to figure things out that they would change shit just because they wanted it to be a surprise. And so instead of allowing the story to play out the way it was intended to play out and for what makes sense for the characters, who cares if the fans figure it out, let them enjoy the actual ride of getting there. You know what I mean? Well, that's what we, that's what like, that brings us so many hours of joy. Cause even if we're wrong, we we are like like that's that's what's been keeping us going. Right, but, but being wrong doesn't mean automatically a better experience. No, being not at all. right. It's not like if you're like, oh shit, I guessed that a year ago. You know, now I'm not going to enjoy this. You can still enjoy it even though you guessed right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some showrunners think just for the sake of surprise, they have to change. It's like they they have to outthink the audience at every turn. And it's like, no, like audiences are so sophisticated now with story, you know, uh, uh, plotting or whatnot that who cares if they figure it out? Like let them still enjoy the story that is intended. And I think the, the, the showrunner for WandaVision, you know, admitting that a lot of fan theories are accurate, like that's awesome. Yeah, well, and it's, they obviously don't know fan culture if they think that ruining the surprise by guessing what's going to happen is a bad thing because right. we take pride in that shit we're like i called that one that yes. one i called that i called that, I called that first yes <laughs> exactly yes so what can i ask uh now at this point now that you've watched the first three episodes mm-hmm. what what do you feel you were expecting for them to do with wandavision versus what you're getting what we're getting 
I was expecting episode three to be episode two. And I think whatever episode five is going to be to episode three. <laughs> like I just expected a quicker burn. Right. Okay. Like we knew that um, this reality was fake. Right. Everybody knew that, right? Right. <laughs> okay. We, but it seems like uh, throughout the first episode, they're going like, hey, this might be fake, everyone. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> we, we know it's fake. She's in a black and white 50s sitcom. Like, we know it's, what are you doing, you know? See, I didn't, I, after watching the first episode, Matt was very much like, this is exactly the kind of stuff I hate. Like, I don't like this. <laughs> I'm like, Did I know. Why? Did he say why? But he, because he doesn't like joy. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my husband likes very practical, very logical things. And so the silliness of that kind of sitcom, it just doesn't appeal to him. Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. yeah. And, and so for, for him, it's like, I just got him to the point where he'd start enjoying Marvel stuff. And now they bring us this and I'm like, crap. So I think one of the things that kind of tinted my first two episodes was the fact that I'm watching it with somebody who was just loathing it. And that that's hard. To, that's hard to do. So I didn't even, I didn't even tell him I was watching episode three. I just watched it on my own. Cause I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna subject him to this. Listen, Matt, Matt, when when the laugh track hit on episode three, I was like, "Kill me now!" I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like they're really still doing this. Like this whole episode is going to be a seventies Mary Tyler Moore sitcom. And guess what? The eighties are coming with episode mm-hmm. four, and I'm just like, "God damn it! Are we really?" Who was it? Christian said, "Just get me to the Seinfeld episode." Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the thing. I I do appreciate that it's starting to every. I feel like every episode is speeding up a little bit more than the last one, and I think that's part of the reason why it's being paced this way is that it gets you a little bit of that momentum going. So we got more weird stuff happening in episode two than we did in episode one. We got more weird stuff in episode three than we got in episode two, and it felt like there was a lot more time spent on that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like every episode I'm trying to look at it as solve the mystery. Who, who are these people and why are they there? And I'm still trying to figure out who the guy with the mustache is because he's a character I have seen in the comics and I don't know who it is. And it's driving me friggin' nuts. The guy with the mustache. He's the blonde's husband. He's the one that get, got fired in the first episode because his dinner wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. Oh, did he come back? Yeah, he's in he's in episode three. Well, I think he's in I think he's been in every episode, but he's in episode three as the doctor? not the doctor, the um not not the boss, the guy with the oh, mustache. Like he's got a really distinctive long face with a really oh, like, oh, a, oh okay. It's a handle mustache but it's like very triangular and yeah. i've seen that character before in the comics and it's driving me nuts because i don't know who it is right right okay um i know you're talking about so some twitter thoughts some random twitter thoughts here uh philip ellis on twitter said 
upon rewatching Ultron, I love that they recommended, by the way, this is me saying, I love that they recommended Age of Ultron at the end of episode three. Uh, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the more maligned MCU movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like it. And I'm glad that they're like doubling down on like, no, this movie is, you know, worthy and it w- worth a rewatch. And we're actually pulling directly from events in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, Philip Ellis said uh, one of the things he said after rewatching Ultron for reasons, uh, one of the thoughts he had is they establish Wanda's powers as low key terrifying here in Ultron. And then do next to nothing with them for three movies until WandaVision. Yeah. So that's, I forgot about that. I forgot that I had totally forgotten about the horror elements of her power set when she was first introduced and how she brought like people, the Avengers worst fears, like to haunt them. Oh my God. Ray. I am. Okay. (laughs) This, you're not going to care because I don't think you are a Buffy fan. I did not realize that Dottie, the one who is um, the the blonde, that's, the, you know, the, the alpha female <laughs> of the group. Of the, of the neighborhood. Of the neighborhood is the woman who played Anya in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And anybody who is listening now who's a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and did not put two and two together is freaking out right now because she's amazing. Who's Anya? Okay, so they had this episode with a, a character named Anyanka, who is a vengeance demon. And so basically what her job is is to go and – find jilted women and exact an exact revenge for them. And in like the most twisted, horrible ways possible. And that's her job. But she appeared multiple times until she lost all her powers and became a regular member of the cast. But she's still looking at life from the perspective of a vengeance demon. So like her, her, she decided to dress up in a Halloween episode as the scariest thing she could think of. Because she's terrified of bunnies. So she is dressed like a big fluffy white bunny because she's terrifying now. Like, she's the best character. My friends Jeff and Jean, who I talked about earlier, their dog's name is Anya. (laughs) Like, she's a great character. So she's a Buffy fan favorite. She's a Buffy fan favorite. And the fact that, I mean, I haven't seen her in so many things in a very long time. And the fact that she is now... um, on this makes me so ridiculously happy. I feel like there's a lot of, or a few um, other witches scattered throughout. And I feel like she was one of them. Really? Yeah. Well, I, her character's name is like, it's Dottie slash Dottie Jones. Do we know who Dottie Jones is in Marvel? I don't for sure. You, you would, you would be closer to knowing than me, but I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a coven of witches that's in there trying to help Wanda. To help Wanda or control Wanda? No, to help Wanda. Like, they're not part of S.W.O.R.D. Like, I feel like there's a coven of witches in there trying to kind of help Wanda understand her powers better and, like, embrace her her witchiness. But, see, I see you're looking at S.W.O.R.D. as the, the bad guy in this. Yes, and the I- bad guy to Wanda. In in her mind. Yeah, because dude, Shield 
when S.H.I.E.L.D. finds a new crazy weapon, what do they do? They try to fucking use it for their own purposes. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is not to be trusted. And Sword is just proactive S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't I don't think that that's the direction they're going with it. I think they're going with it from the point of view that the people in there with her do not have her best interest at heart and that Sword is trying to get in there to pull her out. Hmm. I mean I not not that Sword is not that Sword is is altruistic. I mean they're probably doing it because there's like you know, she's it's dangerous to the world in reality. Yeah, but, yeah. This is yeah. um, this is Shield building a tent community around Thor's hammer when it first popped up in in Iron Man two. Yes, that that's what this is. Yes, but they've but that Thor's hammer is now Wanda herself. Yes. Um. I don't know. I feel like it. Maybe there was some sort of inciting incident for Wanda here, but I feel like it. I would. I would believe that she just. You know, she just lost it after having lost her brother and then losing Vision, and then basically her whole home. I mean, I feel like it's it's enough for her to slowly, you know, deteriorate her her, her mental health to deteriorate to this point. Okay, so researching. Um, the <laughs> I can hear those, like, those clickety clacks of your, of your yes. keyboard. So, so the character that is um, – so Dottie is Dottie Jones and she's married to Phil Jones. And if you go and look up Phil Jones, Philip Jones is from Earth 712. I don't know which – oh, oh my god. <laughs> go. What? Okay, do you remember a comic book I recommended to you when we first became friends? Oh, God. Called Squadron Supreme? Yes, I, I've actually read like half of that run. No, it was a super violent uh, uh, graphic novel that you, superhero graphic novel that you had in your class, and I read it. No, there was that one, but then there was the original one that I had you read that was like a take on the um, Justice League. Justice League, but yes. it was. Yeah, and so they they kind of took everything over, mm-hmm. and there was a a character named Arcana who was supposed to be the um I don't know DC enough, but the woman with the top hat that casts all the magic. Zatanna. Yes. So it's supposed to be her. He is her husband. Because uh, remember, they had all the kids. Yeah. And so so that's who Dottie is. Dottie's Arcana. That's cool. So you're right. This is all witches. Witches. Yeah. I got that sense from from Agatha. Well, we all kind of thought uh, Agnes was Agatha. I mean, Agnes, or yeah, yeah, yeah Agatha, yeah, yeah. But but it, I just got a witchy vibe from more more women in in, in the background there. Well, and that whole planning the the children, and they've pointed out that everything's about the children, but you never see any children around the city at all. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I didn't notice that. But yeah, this I, makes, I, I this makes me very happy. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is this is why I'm I'm very hopeful for this show, and I think when we get to episode nine, we're going to be like, oh my god, that was brilliant. But right now, because it's such a slow burn, it people are frustrated because they can't figure it out and, yeah. and the tone does not help. 
I didn't. My dumbass didn't realize that that was um, that Geraldine was Monica. <laughs> First, I totally yes. forgot that that actress had been <laughs> cast as Monica, and I was like, "Oh, like I saw it pointed out, and they put the the child actress next to you know the the grown up actress, and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> that's fucking awesome! I didn't even realize that. Yeah, uh, but but I do think there's there's competing factions in in this reality with Wanda. Possible. Definitely, definitely possible. Because she's a fucking witch. So, like, she's not a superhero. She's not, you know what I mean? Like, she's not a mm-hmm. super soldier. She's not, she's a witch. Mm-hmm. Like, so I love that they're, like, embracing that that aspect. And that's what makes her power so fucking terrifying. Yes. You know? Uh, let's see. It says, I, I. here's another random Twitter thought from, uh, at Visma Viz Maximoff, <laughs> these names. Uh, Wanda is not that totally violent because she blasted out Monica slash Geraldine. As you can see, as she blasted her out, you can see Wanda made sure that Geraldine was safe. Uh, she protected her with the red glowing mist when she fell. So, like, she that wasn't like a totally violent expulsion. That was, you know, she still was looking for the safety of of this character. Yeah, uh, it's a it's get get out of get out of my this is my reality. I don't want you yes. disrupting it. And I think another reason why I don't think anyone's doing this to Wanda is because anytime she's confronted with a reality of like being able to like get out of this, she rewinds it or she rejects it. I think she has created this for herself. Well, no, I definitely think she's created it for herself, but I don't think it was like she woke up one morning and said, this is what I'm going to do. I think she, she was manipulated unconsciously into doing this. Like, cause, cause she's not even aware that I don't even think she is aware that she's doing it. What I think it? somebody has, has, has set her on that course and it's, um, and for, for, for dubious purposes. And that's why I think, Agnes and Dottie and everybody in there is either also thralls of whatever's creating, causing her to create this reality, or as you said, maybe trying to, I think at least trying to exploit it. <laughs> uh, <I'm, laughs> I, just, I just had a ridiculous thought here. Cause it seems like you, you are maybe it's a character thing. Maybe you're, I don't know. Like, I guess fans of the character don't want to believe that she just like woke up one morning and just <laughs> like went nuts. Like someone is causing her to do this. Um, I was going to say, do we have, is this like, what if Sebastian Shaw is turning her into the dark Phoenix? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's not Sebastian Shaw. Who is it? It's the mind. mind no, master. it's, um, it's mastermind. And I'm master- what is it? Mastermind. <laughs> what if Mastermind is turning is turning Wanda into the dark? Well, they were they were part of the um, Jason Wingard. Um, they were part of the first Brotherhood of Evil Mutants together. So you know, right? It's <laughs> um, what else I got here? Uh, so the commercials, the commercial interludes in each episode 
are metaphors for Wanda's timeline and trauma. The first commercial was the Stark toaster. Mm-hmm. And that is the Stark bomb that killed her parents and trapped her and her brother in the rumble. And when okay. she pushes, when she pushes down the toaster and the toast comes up, they literally use the sound effect of the Stark muscle blowing up in the first Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what the, the commercials are. I can't remember what the second commercial was. The second commercial think- was the watch, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I think it the was Hydra Watch. Yeah, and I think yeah, and that had to do with her her origin story of Hydra basically giving her her powers. And um, then what was the third one? Because that was Hydra Soap. Um. Oh, I came across I came across somebody that pointed out what that third one was. Shit. Um. But yeah, that that's that. I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't thought about the commercials in that way. But yeah, what is the third one? It's Hydra soap. Was it soap? Yeah. Well, it was cleaning cleaning products, but I thought it was soap. Oh shit. I had a thought too when I was watching it, going like, oh, if if it's if we're following her timeline, then that is this, but I can't remember what it was. I should have written it down. There's so much shit to keep track of in this show. Um which, which that's that's what I've got to kind of promote is that if you're not enjoying it as much as you had hoped to enjoy it. And this is forever. Anybody who's listening. That's like, yeah, not loving it. Go look at all the fan stuff that's out there where they're like pulling out the Easter eggs and trying to figure out who these people are. And it, it becomes a lot more of like what we were doing during um, the hiatus between infinity war and Endgame, mm. where you feel like you're like solving the puzzle and trying to figure it out. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Right. Vision was also called Toaster as an insult multiple multiple times in the comics. Gotcha. Um, people are waiting for a commercial that references uh, Quicksilver's death. Because that's, that's going to be coming at some point. Uh, the, the Hydra facility where she gained her powers is featured in episode two in the background. So I'm wondering if Herb is Dr. Druid. Who's Dr. Druid? Dr. Druid is a really lame magic user character that was on the West Coast Avengers. Okay. Not because he resembles him in any way, but I'm trying to think of what kind of male magic user out there and that's the first one that pops to mind although there are a couple of like there's dr voodoo god these fucking names <laughs> yeah well because we're talking we're going back to the 80s my friend <laughs> 70s yeah. and 80s yeah Wh- who's herb on the show um he is a neighbor the- that's cutting- yeah that's cutting the ball okay okay got it um, someone pointed out that, uh, I think it was at the end of episode two, maybe episode one, where we see like the zoom out into like the sword facility and you see a woman's hands with the, with a controller of some kind that that's Kat Denning's character. That's Darcy. 
You think that's Darcy? That's what people said. Yeah, that's Darcy. Because I've wondered where she was. We haven't seen or heard from her at all. Yeah. And she's on the, the, so they're saying that she's working with sword, which would make sense. Would it though? Cause she was just a researcher. She wasn't really even involved in any of the. Yeah. But the, 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 the professor that she was a researcher under, he ended up working with shield. Okay. What's his name? The, the doctor guy from Thor movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about, but yeah, people are saying that's Kat Denning's character. Um, <laughs> yeah, some people are frustrated. I think they can let the audience in on what's happening because so far you're just watching an old timey show with Marvel characters and it's not interesting or weird enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think I I wouldn't be surprised if episode four has a lot of outside of the bubble scenes in it. Yeah. What with, if um, Monica and and uh, Sword? Yeah, yeah, I've seen. But see, this is what, okay, this is why I get skeptical because everyone was like, wait till episode three. <laughs> and now everyone's like, wait till episode four. It's going to blow your mind. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> we're going to get 15 seconds of like, you know, real world, like people running. Like, <laughs> um, so th- there's, if, if, if we're going to further explore the possibility that there's this coven of witches that is in there with Wanda subtly, you know, trying to help her or influence her in some way. Someone said, uh, did anybody notice that Agatha was constantly talking about sex around Wanda? And then in the second episode, uh, repeating for the children and then boom, Wanda's pregnant. Uh, are the, are, are they subliminally trying to influence her? Like maybe the witches are working with this, you know, possibly Mephisto character. Well, that's, that's what the thought is because, um, I originally, I think Agatha Harkness was supposed to be, I mean, I know that she did a lot of teaching of um, teaching Wanda how to use her magic, but then at some point she was revealed to be working for Mephisto. Um, So that's why I think that if they're in there, they're not there to help her or they're stuck in there like her. Like I, I definitely think Agnes is part of She's. I don't think she's going to end up being. Well, like I said, I think she's either going to be stuck in there with her, or she's going to be the reason why she's stuck in there. Well, I know that there was a preview where she was like, "You're here to help us," and I don't know how genuine that is. Well, when uh, Herb wants to tell her what's going on, Agnes stops him repeatedly. Yeah. So she doesn't want her to know for some reason. And, you know, Agnes keeps talking about her husband, Ralph, who we haven't seen. And people online are like, is Ralph Mephisto? Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of suggests that maybe she's not doing this because she wants to. Like, there's there's animosity right. between them. Right. Right. I'm, I'm going to throw my hat in there and say that Herb is going to end up being brother or Dr. Voodoo. Like they're the same character, just different names mm. um, because he was also a sorcerer Supreme. Oh, really? And I bet you find out that a lot of the people in there were at some point in the moment oh. a sorcerer Supreme or oh. tapped for one, or in line to be tapped for one. That would be so awesome. Yeah. There are clearly some people in there that are just trapped though. I feel like, right. Like that, that dinner scene, I think in the second episode, maybe the first 
where that mm-hmm. that <laughs> the boss's wife is like, stop it, stop it. And she's like looking at Wanda, stop it. And she's like almost in tears, but like fake smiling. Mm-hmm. That was uncomfortable. Yes. I wonder who she is. Hmm. I bet I bet she is woman who got the Marvel Cinematic Universe agent. There's an agent heart from Earth 616. Did you catch in, in the first episode when we've uh, when we, I think it was when we first meet Agnes, she comes to Wanda and goes, hey, main character. Oh, does she? She greets her as main character. Hey, main character. <laughs> what the well, they, fuck? Say, they, they say to watch um, Ag- Agnes's hands that she might be doing things with her hands. Like it looks, there's a lot of like flourishes that could be magic spells. Hmm. Um, and like, she goes to like, almost like she goes to scan um, the vision like Wanda does, mm-hmm. but Wanda closes the door on her in episode one or two. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, this is the husband, and she, her hand goes up and like does like a little flourish, but Wanda closes the door on her. Right, right. So I just got that Agnes is a portmanteau of Agatha Harkness. Harkness. Yes. Agnes, I just got that. Um, somebody pointed out on Twitter. I guess at some point Agnes refers to her and Ralph's anniversary date, and it's okay. June. It's June second, and June second is the start of the Salem witch trials. Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, honestly, like if you want to, if you want to feel better about this series and you're a hardcore MCU fanboy or girl, then mm-hmm. this is a fan person. Then this is the way to do it is to go and try and figure out who all these characters are and look at all of the different videos out there that are like, so these are the 60 uh, Easter eggs that we have found in this one episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people kind of point to your same idea that um, this is all a ruse by possibly by Mephisto or some demon to get kids out of her. Yeah. They're, they're referencing Rosemary's baby as well, which is literally about just about that. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And so I and I'm, I don't know if it's that the coven all the all these maybe all of these women are in there for that purpose maybe um, they're stuck in there because you know maybe she's leeching some of their power off of them I mean there's all uh, these different ways that or maybe that, there are that, other witches that Mephisto has tried this with and failed yeah that kind of yeah exactly so there's all sorts of different reasons why they might be in there yeah but. Especially now that I'm realizing that Dottie is probably Arcana from the Squadron Supreme, which also different reality, so not the main Marvel universe. Mm. So you're getting that multiverse stuff going on in there. There's also um, a uh, a lot of references to the number six. Wanda envisions address is two eight zero zero. There was a clock missing a six on it in episode two. Uh, multiple hexagons appearing. Uh, <laughs> the 57 on the toy helicopter skipping the number six, uh, even the, the, some of the TV numbers on the posters that were released 
uh, or there's six TVs. And someone pointed, obviously, there's an obvious 666 reference, but then also um, there are six established uh, sitcom eras. And uh, they sitcom eras. like, you know, like 50s, 60s, like different 60s. eras. Uh, they also have confirmed that the last sitcom era that they're going to spoof is going to be The Office based on The Office. <laughs> oh, how funny. You know what that means, though, Joe? It means that we're getting a 90s era sitcom spoof. And that means that they could be spoofing Full House, which. That's totally what they've got to be spoofing. <laughs> They have to be. Yeah, there's no other way for them to spoof the, which is hilarious because of who her, who she is. Exactly, the Olsen twins. Oh my god! So you know that's coming. How funny! Did you ever see? I I, I know what the answer is to this, but I've got to ask anyway. Did you ever see the the Netflix reboot of the Full House franchise? Oh God! I I never watched it, but I saw it advertised. It, I I watched the first episode or two, and honestly, if they just stuck to the girls, it would have been okay. But every time they tried to bring in one of the adults to like guest star on the episode, it was awful and painful. And oh my God, just stop! <laughs> but in the first episode, they just hardcore made fun of the fact that the Olsen twins wanted nothing to do with it, and so. Um, yeah, so just kind of, I'm sure they're going to love the fact that their sister is going to be spoofing their, their TV show. <laughs> oh, man, I'll be so excited if they really follow through with this and uh, Mephisto is really like the main protagonist or antagonist. That's mm-hmm. such a cool, like, th- to, that just expands the MCU in such a great way, like a really fundamental way, too. Because like yeah. they went into space, and now we're—I mean, clearly with multitudes of madness and everything—we're going into the multiverse. But then we're going into like hellish dimensions as well. And you do realize that that means that we might actually get a very realistic, interesting magic character if we ever get the New Mutants again. Yes, because he's all up in that timeline. Yes, exactly. And I doubt that he's going to be somebody that they can like, cause I mean, even with, uh, I'm not going to pronounce the name, right? Dor- Doramamu. Doramamu. Um, in, uh, in Dr. Strange, they didn't really kill him. They just got him to leave them alone. Right. Trap him. Trap him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, so even however this ends, I don't think he's going to just be done. Yeah. I, I love that they hinted at like the scope of Wanda's powers up to now and now we're like fully getting them, you know? And mm-hmm. and and that does kind of like in order to get people to kind of be able to keep pace with her, I mean, yeah, you do have to open up like those other dimensions and stuff. Cause she she I mean, they very clearly showed that she could have single handedly stopped Thanos in Endgame. Yeah. You know? And she had reason to. I mean she says in the first episode, she says, my husband and his indestructible head, when right. you know, he died they because that was actually yes. crushed his head. So dark. I love that. So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, it's so easy to fall into the trap of, oh, this is not, what are they doing? And I, so many people are there, and I was right there with you. 
but I I did go and look at some of the Easter eggs, and you start seeing that there's a bigger mystery there. And I really do believe that when we get to the end, we're going to be like, oh my god, that was brilliant. I totally see what they did. Maybe maybe I should just wait. Like I used to with like Preacher and like I would just wait until the graphic novels came out. <laughs> I, was just I mean, it was a lot easier to avoid spoilers back then, you know, on comic books and stuff. But this does seem like it would be a much more enjoyable watch. And I've I've watched shows before. I've, I've come to them like years later when they're all like fully online. And I've watched them going, there's no way I would have enjoyed this week to week. Like there's no right. way. And I think this is just one of those shows. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it, obviously, because it's it's Marvel, and I know that they're gonna they have not failed me before. My friend Kenny, who's been on the show before, was like, <laughs> my, the fact that I uh, I said on last episode I mentioned that it was not my favorite. Um, he was like, I'm sad. We we need to trust them, and I'm I'm with you, Kenny. <laughs> we, we need to we, we need to trust in uh, in Feige and that he's gonna get this stuff uh, figured out. I really thought you were going to be, <clears throat> excuse me. I, th- I really thought you were going to be all in on this show just because of oh, your, no. your love for Wanda and like, you really love television. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you really <laughs> love, like, I feel like you have so much um, like goodwill for, for properties that you, that you like that appeal to you, like the characters that right. I thought like, Oh, Joe's probably going to love it. I wonder what he's going to say when I tell him that I'm not digging it. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I completely get why, why you wouldn't enjoy it. And I really was there last week. I think what really helped me was doing this deep dive and going, okay, well, what are they really putting in there? Because we yeah. know, we know that we can kind of, this is a mystery that needs solving. So my, um, my, scooby-doo background right. <laughs> kicked in and i had to i had to get uh, uh a little bit excited about that so. right right somebody did post and I, and I have to you know marvel is and kevin feige they're really smart about going in this direction with this show as much as i'm i'm you know not really enjoying it and sort of sort of, sort of tolerating it in order to get to the like mcu tidbits um jay lisa J on twitter said I have tried, honestly. I just can't get into any Marvel or any superhero stuff until WandaVision. I'm probably missing a lot because I don't know any of the lore, but I'm fascinated, hooked. Mm-hmm. Period touches, love the actors, the subtle underlying dread and mystery, hooked. So, you know, they, they already have us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they're, they're pulling in a different audience, which is awesome. Yeah. And I, I I loved, I loved, I love Lucy growing up. And so like stuff like that, where you could really just go, okay, they're doing a damn good job with all of this. Um, I, I really do think we're going to look back at the end of the series and go brilliant, just brilliant. But right now, because we're in the middle of it. And again, because we are so devoid of other Marvel stuff at this point, like we, we wanted, we wanted the airport scene in civil war and we're getting Nick at night. And I yes. think that's very that's very jarring for a lot of people, myself included. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 really it, it has me I it feels good to know that I'm not alone in that because no. I'm seeing a lot of praise for this online and I'm just like, really? Like <laughs> 
what? Like still reeling from episode three. And I'm like, what from what? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, so, yeah, it's just I, I find my I found myself in episode three just because halfway through episode two, I was like done with the whole shtick. And yeah. And then episode three, I found myself looking at the time remaining on the episode going, oh, no, like this is really going to be a whole full episode again of just this like hijinks and fucking like laugh track. And I, I do have I do have one bone to pick with this entire series, and that's the fact that the end credits are literally a quarter of the entire runtime yep. of this series like it's it's a little bit much yeah absolutely it's you i you see this the the runtime says 32 minutes by the time the show actually gets started you're at 29 minutes and then it ends at like six minutes you're like what the fuck yeah yeah it's rough (laughs) we really got 20 minutes of story and then that 20 minutes of story is like 18 minutes of sitcom right it's tough, and so, <laughs> so so you so you can see the math and why people get frustrated, and I think that's why you know again we wanted we wanted actiony Marvel, and we don't have that yet. But if you look at it as as mystery solving Marvel, I think yeah, I think it's hardest to swallow for people who are in the middle. Like if you're like me who are hardcore Wanda fans and can kind of get some of the references. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, even I have to look them up, but when I do, I'm like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. Um, And then you've got the people who know nothing about it and are just taking it face value. Yeah. I think those are the ends that are being a little bit more forgiving right now. And the people who are just kind of like, I love the MCU are struggling. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Cause we're, you know, like I said before, we already have a certain genre experience in mind right Mm -hmm. that we love that is i was even Mm -hmm. looking joe yesterday i was even looking at what were like the 80s action movies about you know and and what were the 90s action movies about? like the 80s were all about these like you know larger than life like roided out muscly like beefcake guys like winning wars single-handedly right right (laughs) and then like which is the 80s for sure like and then and then the 90s, uh, I mean, the 90s were kind of all over the place in the action movie genre, but a lot of it was like these regular everyman kind of action heroes that were in over their head. You know, a lot of a lot of Michael Bay movies kind of had that central character, like Nicolas Cage became an action hero, right? Um, and, then, and then at the end of the 90s, that was totally blown up by The Matrix. Like The Matrix came out and it was like, you know... It was cyberpunk, you know, mixed with like Kung Fu and like other like, you know, um, Asian film going or or film techniques and, and, and themes. Yeah. Um, And so I'm going like, yeah, the Marvel, like what are the action movies we're getting today? Like even, even the, the, cause the, the, um, what are the directors called? The Russo brothers, like even the movies that they've made outside of the MCU are all action movies, mm-hmm. you know? And, and when they made winter soldier, they really did kind of define a sort they like that was Marvel figuring it out. Like, Oh, this is our formula. This is our look. This is our, 
you know, this is how, what, what makes a Marvel movie. And, you know, these directors consulted each other on their own individual films just to get the characters right and to get the look right. Mm-hmm. So the, the MCU is our modern action genre. And it's going to be really interesting. If WandaVision is any indication, it's going to be really interesting to see how Marvel tries to get itself out of that sort of formula and do other things and stretch its its storytelling in different ways. So here's my, my last question, I think, is are we going to, after um, – Black Widow, when we go back to Black Widow, are we going to be, is it going to be too jarring for us? Is it going to be too phase three? Yeah, you know, I think that's going to scratch the itch. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that we're going to go like, ah, yes, like uh, this is the warm blanket of the MCU that I remember, like, you know, um, Mm -hmm. because we haven't gotten that. And so this might actually end up benefiting the Black Widow movie. Yes. I think people – well, I do think people are desperate for that feel again. Just I, from the trailers, my- it feels like a throwback to Winter Soldier, which is one of the most popular MCU movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I still I still have my, my concerns about Black Widow, not because it's a, a woman-led – property but because i don't know how it fits into the bigger story that they're telling and i'm just really hoping that it's not going to be a well we want to do this movie but it doesn't really further the bigger story right right um yeah i mean and and it's just so interesting to to finally be getting marvel mcu television <laughs> like this yeah is it, yeah we did know? we had no idea what we were gonna get with it i don't think anybody thought it was gonna be this yeah what a bold fucking choice by feige to you know like you would think okay it's a first television show launching let's give them you know what they expect and this is the opposite direction but then Honestly, it, I'm hyped for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, I am too. Well, I'm honestly, <laughs> let's be honest. You and I will eat up pretty much anything Marvel that comes out because we we've they've they've been reliable. We we know we're gonna get good stuff, and so even when we're like we're not jiving with WandaVision, we're sitting there going, but we, 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 like their reputation precedes them. We know that they're going somewhere with this. We just have to be patient. <laughs> we're struggling through it, but we're going to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gotten to the point, Joe, where I really thought if you had asked me before episode three, I would have said, these are hour long episodes. <laughs> just because that's how I just, like, it's almost just testing my patience. I'm like, Oh God, that wasn't an hour that I just sat through. Really? That was 20. That was 18 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a, a a lack of the rule of three. Like three is about the the amount of time you can take a a bit and play it out. And sometimes you can get away with four as just kind of a button at the end. But 
that is the rule of, of comedy comes in threes. It's the rule like you, you want to do things in threes. And I feel like not only are they not doing the three episodes and then moving on, maybe they are, maybe that's what episode four is going to be a big U-turn. I don't think it is, but like the magic show, we just need three. We don't need all of them. <laughs> we don't need all of the things we just need. We just need a reference. We get it. Move on. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I th- I think whoever said that, you know, whoever originally said that we wouldn't appreciate episode nine if we didn't get one through five. God, man, yeah. we're we're so we're just, we're still like we're doing eighty sitcoms next. Yeah, my then- my hope is is that we're going to get a lot more sword stuff in episode four because now we've seen Monica on the outside, and I, so. Yeah. I've, they've got to follow her character at some point. And, I don't and come up with what's going on. I don't even want to get my hopes up because I because that's what that's where I was for episode three. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, see, I'm going to go into I'm going to go into episode four with a new a new goal. I'm going to go to episode four and figure out who these other people are. Okay, that's that's my that's my way of getting through the sitcom stuff. Is like, yeah. who are these? people? And where do they come from? There's also who are the guys? Because I know not all of the guys are, um, like who's Norm? Norm's the guy who's played by Asif Ali. Oh, oh yeah, uh, friend to Vision at work, right? Yeah, so he's going to end up being somebody. Hmm. Yeah. That see, this is where I rely on you to have those like to be knowledgeable of those old comic book ties, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering what '80s sitcoms they're going to be referencing. Cheers was the most popular, one of the most popular sitcoms of all time. Because yeah. so I'm looking at like sitcoms throughout the years. In the 1950s, you got I Love Lucy was the dominant one. 1960s, uh, Andy Griffith show, Dick Van Dyke show, 1970s, Mary Tyler Moore, um, which we definitely got. The, the, the opening credits was a mashup of the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Brady Bunch. Right. Uh, 80s, Cheers, um, the Cosby show. I don't think they'll go there, hopefully. <laughs> uh, um, all in the family. I don't Oh yeah, facts of life. I was thinking family ties, all in the family. Family ties, definitely. Nineties is going to be Seinfeld. Roseanne definitely is going to be referenced. I'm sure. Uh, Roseanne, uh, Seinfeld, and you got to have you got to have the Friends. Full House. Oh yeah, Full House. Friends is like latter half of the nineties. Uh, Seinfeld would be great. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air also happened in the nineties, uh, and then yeah, two thousands. 2000s the office which they've confirmed yeah <laughs> that's so interesting god damn it god damn it so <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll come back in in episode seven how's that uh, <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna hold off until episode nine i know uh bama shocks who's uh one of our streamers and he's uh on uh as the dice roll he was my guest last week and he really wants to he wants to be here for the great reveal at the end Oh, all right. Well, um, we could do three episode chunks. We could do, uh, you know, four, five, six, and then we okay. could do seven, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that then. 
It'll be interesting. I didn't know what else to say other than that. Just like we're gonna see. Oh man! <laughs> if, if it's if, oh wow, I'm I'm. It's gonna I'm gonna be processing this after we're done. Just knowing that it's also testing your patience. Like that's that's really I wasn't expecting that. That's really interesting. Well, see, I think this is going to I think this is going to ruin my my afternoon because I'm now just going to be like deep diving into all of the conspiracy <laughs> theories surrounding this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a lot. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll 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 be back in a couple weeks for episodes uh 4, 5 and 6. All yes. right. Cool. We'll do it in three three episodes. All right. But before we go into our closing, we have um, next week's to announce, which we're both very excited about uh, next week's episode. Yes. And so this is what we would like to do. I don't remember if we were on the air when we came up with this idea or I don't think we were. We were. I think we were. Were we? I think so. I think we were talking to each other. I don't think we recorded it. Oh, shit. I think we talked to each other and then... Okay, I could have sworn we mentioned it at some point on the podcast, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast. I think we were talking about it after the last one we recorded. So this is our idea. Um, our next episode is we, and we want you guys to participate. We want you to send, let me start it this way. We feel really bad after Wonder Woman 84 <laughs> because we feel like Gal Gadot is not, like she's better than that. <laughs> and and you know Ray and I are huge fans of the MCU. I mean, we've just spent the entire episode talking about how we're willing to give something that we're not loving a shot till the end because we trust the franchise. So this is what we came up with. We want to for next week's episode come up with what characters in the Marvel universe if we were going to take the MCU and we we were going to put our own characters in there from um from the Marvel comics, what characters would we give to the DCU actors? What, what character would you have Henry uh, Cavill play? Um, what, you know, do, where do we, where do we put these characters? You know, where do we put these actors in? If we're going to integrate them into the Marvel universe, let them get them out of the DC universe, <laughs> put them in the Marvel universe, give them fun characters to play yeah. and let them do their thing. Now these we're not recasting uh, Marvel characters that are already have already been featured in the movies. Exactly. These exactly. are these are Marvel characters that have yet to be featured in a movie. Yeah, we want to give them their own their own oomph, their own characters to yeah. to be badass in. What about what about Joe? What about characters that are in movies that haven't been released yet? Um, I would say if we know, if we're pretty confident that the character's already been cast by cast, then they're off limits. Okay. Okay. Oh man. There's gotta be be characters that haven't been cast yet. (laughs) What's exciting for me is that this basically means we're taking the DCEU actors to cast the (laughs) X-Men. Nice. Yes. I honestly think there's going to, I think I'm going to have several different, um, versions like i think i'm gonna have okay we could go we could go this direction that direction this direction over here <laughs> <laughs> yes. Multiple options. yes and it's not and it's you know i was thinking about this since we first mentioned it and it's not as cut and dry and easy as you would think it's not because a lot of the character like 
like the first person you want to go with with uh, uh, Gal Gadot, I I immediately go well. Wonder Woman. It's a really good way to transition her to to She Hulk. She Hulk's already been cast, right? And I'm so excited about that casting, right? So excited, right? So I'm looking at 25 major Marvel heroes and villains that are not yet in the MCU. <laughs> I will have to look up that list. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. And just, just real quick, there is Nam- Namor is the first one. Gotcha. Namor. Uh, just to give people some ideas, Silver Sable is on this list. Miles Morales is on this list. Craven is on this list. Uh uh, Kam- this is an old list because Kamala Khan has already been cast. Spider Woman, uh, Nova. Uh, sh- this is an old list because She Hulk has already been cast. Uh, Ghost yeah. Rider, uh, Moon Knight's already been cast. Blade's already been cast. Adam Warlock, uh, Captain Britain. Oh, oh man, the, all the Young Avengers. Although half of them have already been cast. Uh, <laughs> this is pretty great. Red Hulk. It wasn't Red Hulk. General Ross, uh, um, I at one point, but I think that there's a different character that's Red Hulk, and he's actually a really fun character. Oh, um, because he can only become Hulk for like an hour at a time; otherwise, it's too hard on his body. Who? Okay, this is getting. Um, the more I'm exploring, I'm excited. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dive into it now before we get to next week. But this one more. One more qualifying question. Mm-hmm. What about the characters from the canceled Marvel Netflix shows? Do we get to cast Daredevil? I don't know because Punisher? they're pulling him in. I think they're pulling in. There's been rumors that Matt Murdock from or that um, what's his face who played Daredevil in Netflix is going to be in Spider-Man Three. But that's not gonna. That's gonna be like a multiverse thing, though. You think he's gonna stay? You think they're pulling him in to stay? I, I don't know. I mean, he's so good. He's he's really really good. <laughs> he is he's really, really good. Yeah, he's great as like Matt they Murdock. did a really they did a, they did a spot on job with the casting on the Netflix series. I, I I wish that they did better with Iron Fist, but they did a really good job with the casting on those. Yeah, they blew it with Iron Fist. I'm gonna say Iron Fist actually like destroyed the Marvel Netflix universe. <laughs> I can't disagree. <laughs> Iron Fist is the X Men three of the Marvel Netflix shows, <laughs> and I I love I love the character in at least in Heroes for Hire. It's like yeah. they they got all the all the right notes in the wrong way. Yeah, you know they, I love the casting of Punisher too on those Netflix shows. So yes, I actually haven't seen that series though. I only saw the the him in Daredevil. Same same. I didn't end up watching the. the Punisher series. Uh, oh, this is going to be a good show next week. I'm excited for this. I'm going to have a yeah. list and everything. Oh man, this is going to be great. <laughs> I tell you, we're 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 um, we're going to try and give you the whole week, right? We're going to try and do yeah. You said Sunday's work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll try and give you the whole week, but uh, get them in as soon as possible because we're 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 not we're not sure how early we're gonna we're gonna record yeah and worst case scenario if you get us stuff and it's late we'll we'll just get it in a, a follow-up show yeah so sounds good all righty all right i have like exit stuff to do 
Uh, <laughs> I'm pull up show notes because I just got lost in research and all sorts of weird stuff. All right. <laughs> All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Toot is a proud member of the Geek2Geek network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, My HGTV Addiction, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and Sometimes Rob. And make sure to check out our newest podcast, As the Dice Roll. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Capsule J and Bama Shocks, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Where can we find you, Ray? I am on social media way too much, all the time. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ray Vargas3. Ray Vargas and the number three, which also conveniently is my website. So if you want to check out my artwork online, you can go to rayvargas3.com. That is it for us this week. We can't wait to talk to you next week about all of your DC to Marvel ideas. And until then, this week, keep it geek. Geek.